Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Mac and Bo on your radio, baby. You guys are the most entertaining sports program in the world. My cahoots are over here, and your cahoots are over there. Okay, I'll leave yours alone. Are you punching yourself over there right now? You are. I'm pumped up. Have they even ever made mistakes? You make one every day. My soccer daddy right there. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for calling me daddy. Yeah, Mac and Bo, get him, baby. About you know some of it was the game plan you know but some of it you know you're playing on the road and, um, but you know some of it we get, just got to go back and see what what was there you know I thought we had some opportunities to get a few chunk plays got to go back and look at the tape um, like I said I, I you know maybe I'll feel differently when I watch the tape but I felt like there were a lot of good things moving the football on offense and then we just hurt ourselves a few times and um, but not good enough. Frank Reich uh, on why not more deep shots. They had one down the left seam, Domingo incomplete, and then they had the one down the right sideline. Is Bryce's longest pass, about 40 yards downfield to Terrace Marshall, overthrew both guys, um, and that was it. And that was Frank Reich talking about it. And that's why I brought this up with Jim Zoki Bone. I'm not. Sh- I, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say our receiving core, especially without DJ Chart, we aren't running past secondaries and getting wide open. Like I just, I just like, and, and, and we thought going in, we're going to talk about the offense now, Panther fans. And like, how worried are you about this offense? Are we destined at offensive stinkitude all season long? I want to talk this thing out after a woeful passing display, woeful display of, of taking care of the ball. It was a great display of running the football. Like I, I, I do. It's funny how the stuff that's good. Like, literally 3% of the people are texting about today. And I get it. They lost by two tutties to a damn divisional rival. Yeah. But it's like, the way they ran the football, the way Chuba Hubbard ran, again, he's a guy that it's hard for him to get a compliment out of this fan base. Um, I, I thought he was tremendous last season, personally. And I thought he was tremendous yesterday. As hard as he ran, finishing runs off, running through contact, hitting the holes hard, he was better than Sanders running the football yesterday. And I think that's a really good one-two punch. The passing game, we thought it would be a bit of a work in progress. But to see it look like passing games under rule with Darnold and and, uh, and Baker, that was hard to watch, man. It was hard to watch. Almost seven yards a carry for Chuba yesterday. 6.7, uh, 60 yards on nine attempts, 154 as a team. And for as good as Atlanta was rushing the football, and that's going to be their, their, uh, their butter and their bread there, as the old saying goes. They uh they they got out gained by 24 yards by the Panthers. So I in our formula on Friday I said 125 for Miles Sanders. I thought he would be the main guy. I thought maybe 150 as a team would get it done yardage total wise in this game. That did not factor in though the turnovers that went with that 150 plus rushing yards. I did not. I thought they'd be safer with the football. I Mag would never have guessed that Bryce would have. 
two INTs in his first game, much less basically the same play almost. I can't believe he made the one, mistake one, the second I got you. time. But for Bryce Young, for as prepared and ready as he is, I thought – he would not make the same mistake twice. No, I was really disappointed in him for that. Um, he's more, again, if you listen to his presser, he apologized for 10 and a half minutes straight. Like he is, it, that's the thing too. I think sometimes as fans, we think we're more angry than the players are. Like say, we'll talk about JC Horn's injury yet again, later in the show. I'm pretty sure he's way more frustrated than we are. And we'll get into that. Bryce is, is going to beat himself up over this. Bryce is going to watch the heck out of some film and prepare and learn from it. I have no doubt in my mind. But with that said, you're right. I know he's a rookie and maybe we put him on too much of a pedestal. I did as good as he is scanning the field and progressing. I, I I couldn't believe he did that twice. And that gave them 10 points. Their first 10 points came as a result of Bryce interceptions. And let's not let this this guy off the hook. Ian Thomas on the second Bryce interception committed an un, uh, unnecessary roughness penalty that gave him an extra 15 yards. And that put them right there on the fringe of field goal range. So let's not forget him. He's getting a pass. That penalty was absolute killer as well. Because as good as our defense is playing, Bone, that 15 yards, that might have meant the difference between getting three points or having to punt. Um, again, the passing game in general, I think, and we'll see what happens when DJ Chark comes back. I don't know if the wide receivers are getting open. I just don't know. And again, I'm not at the game. I'll be at uh, you know uh, the home games I'll be at. I'm not going to be at these road games. And I'll be able to see the whole field. I don't know, but the way Bryce kept holding it and holding it, like throwaways uh, galore, it felt like guys weren't open a lot. And that's probably the biggest worry I have with his team right now. I'm like Frank Reich. I don't really worry about Bryce. It was his first start. He learned some lessons. I think the kid's special, but my first game worries is, well, first of all, the turnovers. You just can't do that. We're not good enough on offense to do that. And then the second thing is, are guys going to get open? Or are all the pundits that said this receiving core ain't any good and we got mad at them, are they going to be proven right? And because you know? if, if the receivers are not going to be open, do you almost have, Mac, do you almost have to go to a sort of a – this offensive line has proven they can, they can, they can run block. I, I don't doubt that. Do you have to almost go with a trio of backs, Miles Sanders, hope that Chuba – continues to do what he does and almost maybe utilize Chenault in that Cordero Patterson type role where he can be a receiver, but he gets some carries and maybe he can be the third man in that group. They were sometimes. definitely working Try to make up for some of the lack of big plays by just going to that. a dominant run game with those three guys and really utilize Chenault in that dual role. That may be what they have to do at times here. I, if it doesn't get better. We're clearly intending to be a, a run first football team. That's the way Frank Reich's teams were in Indy. Um, and that's the, that's the way he wants to play. Uh, but again, I we need more from the passing game. There needs to be more balance there. It also is going to be harder to run, Bone, the more you prove you can't throw it downfield. Because yes. all of a sudden, those safeties are up in the box. You're running more against loaded boxes. We just need, again, I think you and I both expected us to be a good running football team. That wasn't really a shock. I was happy to see it, but I think that tandem – and they are using Chenault in that way. That's definitely something they, they did not show us in the preseason. Offensive but line. They got to give us more. In, they got to give us more in the pass game. Guys got to get open, man. Offensive line, I thought, did well for the most part yesterday. At the end of the game, it got a little bit away from them in the, the end of the game when the Falcons knew that Panthers had to pass the ball. But I thought the offensive line was, was you know, compared to what the worries were in the preseason, I didn't really feel the offensive line was 
bad at all yesterday, especially in the run game, obviously. Run game, they were great. Passing game, yeah. Once we got down those last couple drives, they started to get all over Bryce. Once they knew Bryce had to pass every time. I think David Newton tweeted this out, but I don't know where he got the stats from. I don't know if this was just um, NewtStatsInc.com. I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but he tweeted this out. Um, it was one pressure allowed in the first, under duress one time in the first half, under duress. Again, I don't know where he gets these from. Half the snaps in the second half. It was only one of 16 in the first half, 6%. Um, I think it was because what you were just kind of uh, t taking me to which is once we were down, especially by two scores, and they know we're passing pretty much every down, they were able to tee off. I did notice something that was a little alarming because it happened in the preseason. It was stunts and twists that were getting us. The interior guys, Brady Christensen a couple of times, or no, Brady Christensen at least once, Zavala a couple of times, Bozeman once. They didn't get over when the guy stunted or right. twisted inside. The, the guy interior did not get over quick enough to get him in that gap. And that happened a few times down the stretch. Their blitzes we didn't handle really well. But, yeah, I think, again, unfortunately, Bone, I think our offense has a finite way the game needs to be played. Very little margin of error right now until we get Bryce more experience and more explosive weapons in the pass game. I don't think we can turn it over, and I don't think we can fall behind. And, unfortunately, when those things happen, well, I think our, you know, we're going to look crappy in the passing game. Man, yeah. all the rookie quarterbacks that started yesterday, they lost. Also, I want to point out, all five coaches in new spots yesterday in their first games all lost yesterday. So you could see where the adjustment period is not just here, but anyone with a new team as a head coach, all five yesterday, including Frank Reich, they're all 0-1. All the new coaches, all the rookie quarterbacks, they all lost yesterday. Not saying that that makes us feel any better, but it is noteworthy that any new coach yesterday is is under 500 today. It fe it feels like Bryce had the worst game statistically of the rookies, but like you said, they, and they all lost by by two scores. They all had two score losses. I, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We didn't draft Bryce Young to be great in, in September of his first year. Now, if he is, that's great. But we drafted Bryce Young to be the franchise quarterback yeah. for years. So I, I just I'm trying to I'm trying to chill myself out. The turnovers infuriated me. I just we I thought we were the better football team for much of that game. I don't think they would have scored a point bone for the first two and a half quarters one for turnovers. I thought we were that dominant on defense. And That's what's nothing, frustrating. And had, they, no, and had you know not much to show for it. They they were the better team. I, yeah, people say, "Oh, it's part of the game." Yeah, I get that. But if they don't turn it over and beat themselves, I think we're talking about a, a win today. I also want to say, Mac, I did some looking up yesterday because I was, as you can imagine, uh, I was in the muck yesterday of of the post game. I, I shouldn't have been on Twitter. Oh, I definitely I didn't check but, my mentions. But the the Bryce Young slander. I went and looked up Trevor Lawrence two years ago. If you recall, Mac, people forget already because he's becoming what we thought he was going to become. Some people think he could be an MVP caliber player already. But remember, Trevor Lawrence on those bad Jags teams did not exactly get off to a blistering start. He had five touchdowns and seven INTs in his first three games. Seven picks in his first three games. He was 12 touchdowns, 17 picks his rookie season. And then two years later, all of a sudden, he looks like the part that we thought Trevor Lawrence was going to play. Yeah. So for these True. people writing off True. Bryce already, even a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's great now and getting greater, 
He got, remember, people were on him his first year. Remember that? Oh, absolutely. He got Urban Meyer, though. I don't know what we could have expected from him there. No, there's reasons um, behind it, but I'm just saying that. And there's what? Well, yeah. and, and, and listen, Peyton Manning had 28 INTs. Hell, look at Tua. Look at Tua's rookie year. Everybody thought Miami was done with him. Right? Remember that whole talk? Yes. Um, and look at him now. He's got a he's got a great scheme in there. He's got ridiculous talent around him. He puts up four sixty six yesterday in a shootout win over the Chargers. So, yeah, as as much as here's here's what here's what gets me, and we got plenty of time to look ahead. But what gets me, Bone, is that game was there for the taking. Our defense was playing some dominant football. I know we we had some issues in the run game. Well, we were playing some dominant football. And we gave them points. We took points off the board for us. Throwing our turnover on downs also. Um, that could have been a field goal. Uh, we were right around field goal range when Miles Sanders fumbled. And then Bryce's two interceptions lead directly to a 17-yard touchdown drive. And then a short drive where they didn't have to go far to get a field goal. If we just did not turn the ball over... I think we win a really nasty, ugly football game. And the problem is, Bone, I think we could have used that win because the Saints are coming in here on Monday and I could come marching in on Monday night. And I know they, they wasn't pretty for them, 16-15. But their pass attack, Bone, without J.C. Horn, if Horn doesn't play, that thing's going to test our pass defense way more than Atlanta could. And would a car have 300 yesterday? I yeah, think. yeah, it ended right up three. Uh, for 300. And then look at our schedule, those first six games. We said before the season they got to get to two. This passing offense and our ability to take care of the football need to be way better to get two wins out of these first hard six games, man. I agree. Uh, Mac, oh, I'm going to let you handle that text asking where Brian Burns was in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a feed here before we go he down the break. Y'all didn't hear the news? He left the field and said, I'm holding out. I made my case. Y'all didn't know that? Yeah, that's what happened. I'm just going to start texting everybody back saying that. Just he lying went, to him. Matt, he actually he had to go meet with Lone Pronto during the uh, to the halftime because he needs more money to pay just run offering right now. Oh Use goodness. that for your commercial spot next time. <laughs> oh, boy. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Trying to have a happy Monday on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I want to get to some text before we get to what we learned about different position groups, about different players regarding the Carolina Panthers. Here's Colin writing in on the text line, 704-570-9610. Figured this out today. David Tepper, six seasons with Carolina, 29 and 54. Two seasons with Charlotte FC, 20, 27, and 13. Overall, 49, 81, and 13 as an owner. They are done with the losing right now, which is, I expect nothing less. But they're already going after David Tepper's record. Let's split this play out a little bit, but <laughs> certainly some pressure. 
We all know that. There's definitely pressure after hiring Matt Rule, paying what you did in order to bring Matt Rule into the organization, having him be the first guy fired just in year three with the organization. And now you bring in Frank Reich. So there's a lot of pressure, but I certainly don't think that the losing is going to continue at the magnitude that it did before this regime. Maybe they don't get to 500 this year. Maybe that's possible. But I do think that they are set up well to build off of what they have right now. And ultimately, it starts with their number one overall pick in Bryce Young. Yeah, no question about it. And I mean, I think when you watched him play, I think you felt a little bit encouraged as far as just the poise that he showed. But uh, I think this is an organization that still, after the offseason they had, we'll see how everything plays out. But I think things are still trending in the right direction as we sit here right now. All right, do you have any tepper thoughts, Fiddy? Well, I guess when... And with Frank Reich, is it okay to criticize Tepper? Because like, it's, it's unfair to go after him right now. Sure. But, like, is year one even too early? Because, like, he swung and missed on Matt Rule. You look at the FC side, they're on their second coach. They've, they've gone through, I think, two presidents. That organization hasn't been stable, to say the least. So I guess it's going to be interesting because he's definitely not impressive record-wise. But, like, is week eight a good measuring point to see, okay, He's learning as an owner because we're all admitting he's learning on the job. I think Tepper's already done his learning, right? Like, we, we already know what he's done so far this offseason. I don't know what you're going to be able to do in the regular season. This ultimately comes down to giving Frank Reich a sample size, giving Bryce Young a sample size that's worth measuring, and then seeing how Scott Fitterer does with Frank Reich and how they do once you get some semblance of a football team that you think is ready to win right now. We can all have context. We can get to week eight, and if they're two and six, if they're whatever at the midway point of the season, that's a losing record we don't love, then we might do the whole, uh, doesn't look great. I don't think that's going to be the point, though, where you look at Frank Reich and blame him. I think you would still give him another season. They're not going to overreact to one season. And look, we're having this conversation right now for one game. Yeah. You know, like it's, I, I get it. I get it. it. It's sports radio, so we'll project. We'll start to look into the future a little bit, but, you know, I... I'm not worried about Frank Reich right now. I'm not at all. We, we still have to get to the depths of the first season with him, a part of this squad. Let, let's do the whole what did we learn thing, right? Let's just go ahead and jump into it. I think we'll answer a lot of text by diving into it with this segment. Let's start with Bryce Young. Number one overall pick. I told you that was my biggest takeaway. I still feel very good about him. Wes, you said the same thing. My confidence is not wavering by any stretch of the imagination. I felt like I put too much on him with my expectations. And Jesse Bates beat him in a in a philosopher game yesterday, right? Like he was just he just made the smart plays, duped him. Jesse Bates even talked about it after the game. He knew that Frank Reich, he knew the offensive coaching staff wasn't going to put Bryce Young in bad situations to the point where they were really looking for the deep ball. They want Bryce Young to get the football out of his hands very quickly, something that he did in Alabama. You want to have that transition from college to help ease him into the NFL game. And so Bates even said, yeah, I felt like on that in route, that's something I could break and not have to worry about the guy beat me over the top. And he made that same read twice and he came up with a football twice. And it was just really smart football from a fantastic safety that got a lot of money this offseason, and he lost on a couple of those throws, Wes. That he did. And so I think the thing that you take away from the Bryce Young performance, though, is he still exhibited great poise, though, on the field. I he agree. never looked rattled. He didn't look like a guy who was getting 
frustrated with what was going on. You saw him hit the uh, the training table one time when he walked over. But, of course, he's an athlete. He's a competitor. Uh, that is going to happen. I think you learned a, a few things. Uh, that was the one positive. Then I think you're looking and you say, well, he may be a little bit. Uh, obviously, he is green being a rookie. But, obviously, you feel like he has a little bit more to learn uh, than expected, especially in an offense to where he doesn't have a complete set of receiving weapons being that you've got the deep threat. you got to enter you got an intermediate guy. You've got a short-range guy. And I think that's what Jesse Bates' comments illustrated. And he's saying that, okay, we know this isn't a team that's going to threaten us deep that often, so we're going to sit on the shorter routes. And I think that's something. This is a copycat league, so you better believe the New Orleans Saints, whose defense looked pretty good yesterday, mm-hmm. they're going to do the same thing. And they, I think they had three guys get interceptions yesterday. They had three interceptions. Yeah, on they're going to be yeah. sitting on uh, short routes all day, too. And you know Honey Badger, he's as intuitive as there is. So that's going to be a, a dangerous game to watch out as well because – Carolina's going to have to try to go deep at least some of the time because that's going to be the blueprint for a lot of teams going forward. If they can't win matchups going down the football field, teams are going to sit on those short routes all day until the Panthers prove them otherwise. And by the way, that first interception for Bryce, Frank Reich took full accountability for. So you had the offensive pass interference on Thielen backing up. Delay of game which is something the coaching staff took accountability for, backs him up even more. All right, so now you have your own end zone right behind you, and you're trying to make something happen downfield. That's why Frank Reich took accountability for it. It's you're trying to make something happen. There's the interception, done. The Falcons are able to score a touchdown because of it. And then look what happened after that. They're able to score a touchdown right after with Bryce Young. So you talk about just having the poise and having the ability to answer a bad play Bryce Young led them with the touchdown pass at the end to Hayden Hurst, had a couple of third down conversions, the throw to the sideline to Jonathan Mingo, I thought was a good big time QB throw to extend the drive. So Bryce Young really answered. You're right about that. What do we learn about the offensive line, Wes? I'll let you go first on this one because it certainly didn't look good in the preseason. Uh, I think the offensive line definitely came out and played a, a great game yesterday until the end. It gave up a couple of sacks, but uh, in my notes, I definitely had as I watched the game that the offensive line, they were playing really good running the football and protecting Bryce Young. And that was the thing that maybe if you wanted to look at the interceptions and take the negative, you would say, well, he had great protection and still made some some really bad throws there on those interceptions. But other than that, I think the offensive line, you can be encouraged by. This wasn't the best front seven in the Atlanta Falcons. And so uh, that's the thing. They definitely did a lot of work to improve this group. But they were able to hold their own. And for this game right here, they definitely competed and they looked apart. They they looked like the team. They looked like the offensive line that left off last season when they were running the ball all over people with Foreman and uh, protecting the passer. Not the reason they lost yesterday. No, I, I, was to- I was totally fine with the offensive performance. The, the turnovers, I think that's key. The turnovers were the thing that hurt Carolina the most, as it does in a lot of losses that teams suffer. But those were just bad reads by Bryce Young. Jesse Bates making a couple of great plays. Those were two interceptions. Miles Sanders fumbled. But remember, Miles Sanders picked up 10 yards on that play. So it wasn't the offensive line not creating a gap and then somebody just blowing him up and exposing him to a hard hit. Now, Miles fumbled that at the end of what was a 10-yard gain to set them up potentially for a second and five after first and 15. The offensive line run blocking, Wes, I thought they created massive gaps. I mean, you talk about with Frank Reich's comments today saying 
The Falcons had five explosive runs. The way they define that is if you have a rush longer than 10 yards, the Falcons had five rushes longer than 10 yards. The Panthers had five rushes longer than 10 yards. And Chuba Hubbard, I thought, got going on the ground. Miles Miles Sanders looked good. I thought that you had those gaps created. The offensive line run blocking, I was good with it. Now, one thing you could point to was fourth and short, they decided to go for it, and they got zero push. They they got destroyed off the line. Grady Jarrett, I thought, made a phenomenal jump. Jumping right, crossing Chandler Zavala. Oh, you think you can run up the middle? Psych. And then Chuba tries to go to the left, and there's just no room. That's a bad offensive line play. But I also, just if we want to sit down here for a little bit, I had no problem with that go-for-it call. Completely cool with it. So you get there. You're fourth and one. You had been running very well. Your offensive line was run blocking to the point that's how you got there. It's not like you're picking apart the defense with Bryce Young constantly to get down there at the end. He played well, but it was your run game that set you up. So if you had enough confidence in your offensive line to get you to that point and you wanted to go for it because you were so close to scoring a touchdown, I was completely fine with that call. The offensive line got blown up, got blown up at that specific spot. Okay. They lost it, and then they give it over to the Atlanta Falcons. I think one thing, though, man, you notice if you watch football across the board, especially NFL football, it is so hard to convert short yardage runs. How many teams did we see yesterday get down inside of the two or the three, try to run it into the goal line and getting stuffed time after time? Because when the defense knows and they can sell out against the run, it's going to be you have to have a, a just a, as you said, a juggernaut of an offensive line to convert. Because there's so many gaps that get exploited when you have seven, eight guys all just coming full board to the line of scrimmage to make a play on the run, especially if you've got some decent interior players. It makes it really difficult. So short yardage in the NFL is no gimme. I feel like the best bet is like inches when you get the quarterback. And you see even now more and more teams are getting guys up behind the quarterback to push him over because it's it's hard to get that push when you've got so many guys going. Well, and Philadelphia is an extreme example, but they just pick it up nonstop. But also they have the best offensive line in football. They also have an amazing running QB. So when you're just doing a QB sneak with Jalen Hurts, of course, you're going to be 95% You beat a squad 650. You know, he can get some good push on his (laughs) own. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I need the touch. push. Yeah, the Panthers were definitely running the ball. And I think both front sevens kind of got pushed around when you talk about each of them surrendering five yards per carry uh each team ran for five yards per carry in this football game so i think that's something you hang your hat on uh with carolina's offensive line they've got a much stiffer challenge coming this week as far as the front seven they're gonna have to deal with but for week one i thought the offensive line played really well all right so let's go you brought us there let's just set up camp there as well defensive line what did you learn about the defense here wes overall maybe a vero scheme whether you saw Derek brown brian burns what did you think about the defense uh i'm gonna be all the way 100 If they would have played a more balanced offense, this score would have been real bad. If they would have played against a quarterback that was more than capable than what Ritter was with the requisite weapons that Atlanta had, it would have been really bad. Because when you talk about being able to run the ball at five yards a clip, and then you've got Kyle Pitts and Drake London and these guys on the outside, B. John Robinson uh, as well with what he showed, Algier. 
the Panthers were fortunate in this game that the score uh, wasn't a lot worse than what it was. And so that's what I'll take away from the defense. Not that I think this defense is bad, but I just think that uh, there were plays to be had. I mean, Ritter was still 15 for 18, and we'll talk about that at some point because when he had nine completions for 31 yards, I thought that was just comical. Uh, Jamal but from Charlotte <laughs> is, is talking his talk today, which, okay, like your Falcons got the win. That's all that matters. But what I am not going to give up, is that Desmond Ritter is somebody that I'm scared of. Like, I'm sorry, okay? Desmond Ritter, that is not the reason they won the football game. They won the game off of turnovers because Tyler Algier showing yeah. you that he's still a stud. Now, he had a winning play, though. That play to Kyle Pitts was huge. Well, and that's fine, yeah. but is, is Desmond Ritter going to be somebody that you're scared of going forward? No, not no. at all. Not at all. He definitely showed that he's not uh, He's not a guy that, that, that's going to kill you like that. But, yeah, I, I did think that. I thought the defense was... Um, you know, as I said, if they would have played a little bit more of a balanced offense, especially with the turnovers that happened, uh, we could have been talking about but, a much more bigger deficit that they lost by. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think with the defense, Brian Burns showed you that this is someone that needs his bag right now. Very good player. Derek Brown was awesome. I thought Derek Brown was good. I know he got there was some a couple of gaps that Atlanta was able to create, but there were some big runs for them. But also Carolina has stepped up in some of those run-stop abilities. For instance, there's the one field goal that Atlanta had in the second half where Bijan Robinson runs for nine yards. Then you get stopped, and you have to settle for a field goal after it was a second-and-one opportunity. They try to run it a couple of times, and they get stopped. I think there were some stops for them. I think Desmond Ritter, yeah, I, I think a part of the game plan is not believing in him. You know when you play Atlanta, they're going to run the football more than anybody else in the National Football League. That is going to be true just like it was last year. It's going to be true this year after they draft a running back in the top 10 and still have somebody that ran for 1,000 last year. So I think that was just part of the defense. I also think tackling was an issue I don't expect to continue. Like Frankie Louvu, to me, was all over the field, Wes. Mm -hmm. But there were a couple missed tackles from him. I, he made up the, the one drive where you had the big run. I'm trying to find where that drive is now in my notes, but there was the one time I thought Luvu in the run game missed a couple. There was one where I thought he could have got in from the backside and then tackled Algier, but just didn't dive for it for some, just it's not like he had poor effort, but just didn't make the play. And then he helps out when he and Burns split the sack. Mm -hmm. I thought, so he made up for it. It's just week one tackling. You see some problems there. And so I don't expect that to continue. I'm not nearly as worried about the defense as you are. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I just feel like when you give up five yards of carry, man, you're at the mercy of the offense. And so I think if you're playing against, let's just say you play the Miami Dolphins, you give up five yards of carry well, if you want to, you're going to be giving up 40 points. Uh, you well, can go Miami, down the list of different right. offenses that if you give up five yards per carry to them, they're going to have their way with you because the playbook is wide open. They're going to keep you guessing. You're not going to know what's coming. That's all I'm saying. And so I just thought that, you know, Desmond Ritter, that spoke to where he is in his career. But, I mean, you can take your pick of NFL teams that have uh, one of the better quarterbacks. I think even if you get uh, average to above average play from your quarterback, uh, it would have been a different story. So they've, they've got to shore up that run defense for sure, man. You, you can't yeah. be giving up five five a carry. No, I agree with you there. The, the only other point I'll make is when we talk about the turnovers, that puts any defense in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. When the offense has three right? Especially two that allows you to go ahead and score the football. That's a bad situation for Dallas's defense. Even 
you know, maybe not them because Michael Parsons would just have a couple sacks to bring you back 20 yards, but it puts a lot of defenses in bad situations. They do need to shore up against the run, though, no doubt about it. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. As we bring in Carolina Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst, Steve Smith Sr., um, to get his keen eye and perspective on what happened yesterday. Steve, that's pretty much the way that I feel. I came in kind of frustrated because it felt like turnovers did cost them the game and that Carolina was the better team yesterday throughout for most of it, but you just can't give the football away. Is that a fair assessment? What did you see? Yeah, it's a fair assessment. Um, you can't give the football away, right? Um, look, I... But you got to give your hat, tip, tip my hat off to Atlanta Falcons, obviously, because I was, you know, talking, uh, talking noise. But at the end of the day, right in the first half, time of possession, sixteen fifty-one to eight, on turnovers one, right? Atlanta Falcons zero, fifty-two yards rushing, fifty-nine yards, and sixty percent on third down conversions, twenty-five percent, right? We should have been winning a football game, but unfortunately, those one turnover in first half and then second turnover does hurt you. But what I really walked away from watching the Carolina Panthers playing the Atlanta Falcons, one, the rivalry is back, back at it. Right? Love that. The second part is, unfortunately, you have to walk away based on week one. When I put them in a category with the Dallas Cowboys, with the Philadelphia Eagles, right, some of these teams that won that are 1-0, I have to come to the conclusion that as of heading into week two, that the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons are a middle-of-the-road team. They're not the bottom of the barrel, but they're in the middle-of-the-road team because you have a rookie quarterback, you have a new head coach, and players are figuring out the head coach. The head coach and the coaches are figuring out the players, right? J.C. Horn goes down. C.J. Henderson is C.J. Henderson. You have, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the Atlanta Falcons have, what, second most new players on defense, 12. And pretty much Chuba Hubbard at one point in the third quarter was averaging seven yards to carry. Mm -hmm. That's pretty darn good. There's a lot of good things that came out of that game. And there's also a lot of good things that need to be coached up that will get coached up. But I have to say this at the end of the day, that's why you can't judge a team off the preseason because the New York Giants, did you think the New York Giants and the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to get mollywop, drugged, and beat to a pulp like that? No. No. 
No, there was some bad football, bad performances yesterday. But hey, since you said it, and, and I'll get back to Bryce Young in a second, but I think the wide receivers might be the most talked about thing, uh, topic on the show today so far. You you also happen to be one, so you know it better than anybody. Um, lack of separation, lack of a deep threat. Maybe uh, some mis- I'm asking you, like, what what is true and what is not true from yesterday? So what's true is you miss DJ Chark, which is the speed that the vertical threat of going down the field. Also, too, the vertical threat of completing the ball down the field. You got to think about it. There was at, there was no point that there was a pass deeper than 39 yards until the fourth quarter when when Kyle when the ball was thrown to Kyle Pitts. I wouldn't say there's a lack of separation. I would say there was a lack of play calling to get those guys down the field on a consistent basis. But that also goes with the game plan. The game plan and how the game was developing, you can't really put the ball down the field because there were times where protection was great and then protection was a little bit shaky. And that's week one football. That's sloppy September, bro. (laughs) I keep saying it. Sloppy September, get right October, figure it out November, and then it finally is smoothing over in December. That is our game of football right now because of reducing that preseason, reducing the preseason games, which means you got a lot, You have to play some of your younger players in the preseason to get an understanding of what kind of player will they be and to fill the roster. That's why you can't trust the preseason because the Pittsburgh Steelers did not look like a team that was going to get mollywhopped. The New York Giants did not look like they were going to get blanked. And they got blanked. Um, Daniel Jones looked like Joe Joe was coaching him again. Steve Smith, senior Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, Bryce had two picks yesterday. I think the second one was really jarring because it felt like he made the same mistake twice. Maybe you can shed some light on that. But um, otherwise, I did see some good decision making. I saw some throws I really did like. What did Steve Smith see? You had a safety sitting in cover. You know, sitting in coverage, a spy who was watching his eyes. Bro, Bryce Young throwing the interception was not the end of the world. He's probably going to throw another one. Mm-hmm. That, that's part of the game. I'd rather – listen. Desmond Ritter was in the third quarter, was 8-4-11 for 21, 24 yards. I had to use my – I had to use a calculator because I was like, no, nah, my quick math is off. It is no way possible this man is averaging three yards a catch in the NFL game where – Tyreek uh, uh, Tyreek Hill had 215. Justin Jefferson had 150. You, you, Brandon Ayuk was out there balling. There's no possible way. And then I did the calculator. I was like, oh, yeah, he sure was. And Atlanta Falcons fans going to say, oh, Steve, you hate. Since the Atlanta Falcons beat the Carolina Panthers, I expect the Atlanta Falcons to be in the Super Bowl, please. They show the Desmond Ritter is exactly what I said he would be, which is, he is not a very good quarterback, bottom line. And people get mad at me. They can say I'm hating. If my quarter in the new NFL, first of all, YouTube paid a whole bunch of money and upped the way I look at NFL tickets. But you cannot tell me 
that Desmond Ritter is a Pro Bowl quarterback <laughs> the way he played, and ask Arthur Smith the way he looked on the sideline, and he was he was GDing and cussing uh, like somebody stole his credit card and went on a shopping spree. Yep, I saw it. And look, Falcons fans didn't want to hear it to start the show, but he looked exactly like I thought he would look. You just you turn the football over three times. It's tough to win a football game. Let's talk about the defense, though. Uh, and I'll start with Brian Burns because that was obviously the big storyline. Um, did you think he would play yesterday based on the contract situation? And what a start for him. What a performance. I don't like being in people's pockets. You know, I don't like people being in my pockets. Fair so enough. I have no comment on that. And I think, you know, I, that's just always one of those things I've been in. They, you don't talk about another man's money. Yeah. So I, I, I just no, stay out of that. No, I don't Sorry. blame you. That, you're right. What I'm saying is, though, do, do, the way he played, though, yesterday, too, you know, coming out, finished with a sack and a half, but, um, you know, just a stat line that was unbelievable. What did you think of the way that he played and the way the defense played as a whole? I think the defense played better. Uh, you know, I, I obviously, when you look at the preseason game against the Jets and the New York uh, Giants, you know, how they opened up and how they just marched down the field. I, I love the way the defense played. I think there's some gap integrity stuff that uh, Coach Everell wants to keep, and, and they did that. I think it was a obviously with the – I think it's a hamstring with J.C. That's that's going to be tough because the depth behind him is uh, close your eyes and uh, pray, pray who's back there. But I, I think um, they did a pretty good job neutralizing, um, you know, the, the, the pass game and – I think they did a really good job of holding up the run game. Bijan is he's, he's a heck of a player. Sure. So in terms of, you know, the wide receiver or the cornerback room rather, excuse me, with JC Horn going down now. I don't think we have any clarity on what the long-term prognosis looks like for JC, but if you're the front office and the coaching staff, how are you addressing that starting today as you prep for New Orleans a week from now? Mm, they have Chris Olave and Michael, Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. So I hope there's a disgruntled corner out there that wants to be traded, and we need to uh, uh, we need to oblige his request. Okay. <laughs> um, now I, I know of a couple disgruntled corners. Did you have one in mind? No, I didn't. I okay. just, just saying, I'm just I'm just basing it off of the circumstances of if J.C. Horn is out for a couple of weeks, we cannot feel comfortable with. With JC uh, with uh, CJ Henderson right. as a starter, that that just I, I look I, I I worked up there during the preseason. I'm supposed to be optimistic. I'm just also not a liar, and 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 I'm not a uh, I'm not a sugarcoater. The Jacksonville Jaguars let him go as a first round draft pick for a reason, and we are seeing why. He needs to play better. He really does. He's a first. First round pick. He's not very good right now. No. And teams are going to pick on. It, it was a pass interference. It wasn't even pass interference. It should have been pass. It should have been a, a. It should have been a salt case on Kyle Pitts because it was just man. It's just bad positioning. Yep. Yeah, no Sorry. doubt. No, no. I, I apologize. No, no, don't apologize. No, I, we, we all saw the same thing, I think, yesterday. It's a play that probably should have been made. Uh, you know, Ritter just tossed it up there for grabs. All right, so, I mean, we got seven days to go, but we won't talk to you again for a week. Saints, they're coming off a rather ugly win over the Titans, 16-15. to 15. I think that fits into your theme of, you know, week one football. But we got week two football, Monday night, Panthers and Saints. Just an early look from you. What are you expecting? 
Now, I, I expect a little bit of the same of gritty football played by the Carolina Panthers. Def- you know, the defense is going to uh, anchor the ship. But at the end of the day, I think it's still um, Bryce Young showed he was calm and collective. Yes, he made some mistakes. I would rather a guy make mistakes than a check down Charlie. That check down Charlie stuff, man, I, I can't live with that. Yeah. All right, last thing, I'll let you go. Um, and, and just as somebody who played with him and watching the incredible work that he's already doing in Colorado and your old conference, I'm just curious. Uh, Deion Sanders having an enormous impact on college football already. He's talking about the doubters. Uh, he's the most fun product to watch in all of college football right now, at least in my opinion. What do you think of what he's done so quickly at Colorado? Uh, he's, uh, I mean, he's done a fantastic job. I hate that he's in the Pac-12. Uh, Utah is playing them down there uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so looking forward to that, but, uh, I find it immensely entertaining that the, uh, time coach Prime was able to treat Matt Rule's team the same way we all think Matt Rule is exceptional coach. All right. Love it. Steve, thank you for the time as always. We'll talk to you in seven days. Appreciate it. Tune into Instant Replay when the audio was so good it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.